Hey, 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 what's up there, winners? It's your girl here, Tab Manning, a.k.a. Fantabulous, your host of the We Win Presents Winner's Circle Podcast. Yes, so we are back. Um, glad to have you guys back with us. This is our season one episode number two of our new normal series and so i'm very excited because we have a very special guest today that's going to provide us with some very insightful and informative information regarding managing our finances um, life insurance wills financial planning and everything in between um i have shared that you know um in this series our new normal i am covering interviews with people Um, from various industries, various experiences, but all related to the COVID-19 crisis that we are experiencing right now. And so last week, which was our very first podcast, um, I interviewed two young women, um, one of which was a high school math teacher um, who was sharing her story with us of how she has adjusted to distance learning, teaching her students, while also juggling teaching her own son who was in the second grade and helping him with his distance learning. And so she shared with us, you know, their schedule, their routine, and how they have adjusted to their new normal um, with sheltering in place and, and quarantining and all of that stuff here in Georgia. I then had a conversation with a great friend of mine um, who is a beauty guru. Um, She is a hairstylist. Uh, She sells hair extensions um, and everything in between. Um, She's had her own shop and uh, she has an extensive clientele. And so she shared with us how she's had to adjust and adapt and um, find creative ways to um, you know, continue her income streams um, during this time where social distancing is affecting, of course, the beauty um, industry. Um, also, she's a single mom um, raising two teenage boys. So she shared with us how they have adapted to this new normal and what they've done um, to, you know, again, just kind of adjust to this current situation that we're in. And so this week, I was inclined to um, bring a more informative interview to you. Um, I thought about something that I've, you know, learned within this time. And it was that um, this COVID-19 has showed us that, you know, the fragility of life and that, you know, none of us are really certain as to um, when our time is going to come to leave this earth. And so, I mean, it's just something that it's inevitable, but we don't know when it's going to happen. And so because we don't know when it's going to happen, oftentimes we don't plan for it. Um, especially in our younger years, we think that it's not something that we need to think about or to consider right now. However, I think that uh, with COVID-19, it has shown all of us um, that death has no respect of persons. Um, We don't know the date or the hour. We don't know the age that we will be, but we want to make sure that when that time comes, that we do have things in place and in order so that our family is not left to try to figure out how to take care of us or our affairs or our children or our spouses, etc. And so it's the one thing that has stood out in my mind during this crisis was making sure that number one, that I'm planning for the future, two, that my affairs are in order so that if something does happen to me, how will my spouse be able to go on um, with 
that income not being supplemented? Will I be able to leave something behind for my children? Um, because again, we just don't know. And I think that that's the one thing that this um, crisis that we're in has taught us is that even though we don't know, that we can still be prepared. And so this interview that you're getting ready to listen to talks about all of those things. It talks about the things that we need to know as it concerns our life insurance policies. Um, it talks about how to manage a savings and it talks about wills and everything in between. And so I hope that you will appreciate this conversation. I hope that you will learn something from this conversation. And I hope that when you're done, that you will start looking at, if you haven't already done so, um, are your affairs in order? Do you have life insurance? Do you have a will? Do you have things in place? So that when that time comes, um, those people that you have entrusted um, to take care of your estates, your affairs, your finances, your children, um, won't be left scrambling. Um, that's really the focus of this. Um, and Tamika, who is my guest, she is going to break down and she's going to um, give us some tips and she's going to give us a lot of information. So you want to make sure that you have a pen and paper handy. Um, she is um, available for questions and for concerns and because she is in it, um, she's going to talk about her why, but she's very passionate about this and she's more passionate about the education side more so than just selling insurance policies. Um, so I'm definitely going to have her back to talk more in detail. Um, but once again, I hope that this interview um, educates you, informs you, and helps you to navigate through um, the process of getting insurance and not just getting insurance, but making sure that your affairs are in order. So um, grab yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a beverage or whatever it is that you do. Get comfortable and enjoy the interview. Have a wonderful day. Saturday winners, we are back here at the Winner's Circle podcast brought to you by We Win LLC. It's your girl here, Tab Manning, and I am here um, with a very, very special guest to the Winner's Circle. She's not only my cousin, um, but she is also an entrepreneur. She has her, she wears many, many hats and does many, many things. And today she's going to talk to us about life insurance and all the things that we need to know to prepare for the um when our time comes so um ladies winners listeners i would like for you all to give a nice warm welcome to my cousin tamika greenscales hey tamika <laughs> hey Tab. thank you for having me on i appreciate this opportunity it's good to be on your podcast thank you so much you are our you are our second show so congratulations and thank you so much for being a part of this podcast um i am super excited to have you here with us um and just super excited for all of the things that you're getting ready to talk to us about today um i know that you and i have already kind of spoken offline about the importance of having life insurance and just having your affairs in order because we really never know when that day is going to come um, for us and it's unfortunate that many of us do not take the time to invest in that 
Um, we invest in so many things, but life insurance kind of seems to be one of those things that we put on the back burner. So um, with that, I would like for you for you to take a moment to kind of introduce yourself, um, tell the listeners who you are, where you're from, what you do, as much of your business <laughs> as you want to share. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, I thank you for, for giving me this opportunity to talk to you and your listeners. Um, so my name is Tamika Klinkscales. Um, I have many hats, like Tab said. Um, I believe in multiple streams of income, just like how she's doing. So um, background, I am a veteran. Um, I retired from the military a couple years ago. I did 21 years in the Air Force. And um, then I went into real estate investment. So I have a few, I have an Airbnb, I have a few, uh, a multifamily home and a few rentals that I have. Um, and then I started taking on real estate. And I think really, I, I, if I get into the why I just started doing this, um, it'll help people understand why this is so important for me to talk about. Um, my father is a, a, was a retired army um, guy and he, um, was diagnosed with lung cancer a couple of years ago, actually about three years ago. And um, it got to the point where uh, they were giving him less than six months to live. So uh, luckily for me, I was in Arizona at the time, but the Air Force um, allowed me to move closer to home, South Carolina, and um, to be with my family and, and help take care of things. Um, my father was a very responsible guy. He had, you know, once he found out he had this and, and where he was going with it, um, he made sure he had affairs and orders. And I'm talking about wills, um, his life insurance policies to the point where he knew exactly where he was going to be buried. And so he had already got the paperwork that the military requires to be buried in a, a veteran cemetery. He had taken all that stuff over there. The funeral home had, I mean, he had so much stuff in preparation for this. Um, that's how prepared he was. However, um, the life insurance part was a big piece. Um, he thought that he had enough insurance that it was going to take care of my mother, the house, bills, cars, everything would be paid off and she would be okay. Um, a few weeks before um, he actually passed, he found out that the insurance money was not going to do any of that. Um, it was pretty much going to take care of his burial expenses and leave my mom with um, just a little bit of money to put in savings. Um, and because he thought that he had what he wanted for, for my mom to take care of her, it devastated him. It was something that stressed him out. You could see it, you know, we talked about it. I felt guilty because I felt like, you know, I should have went over this policy with them. I should have looked at it myself, made sure, you know, it was everything that he thought it was going to be. Um, it took a little while for me to get over that guilt because I later understood that there's so much to insurance policies that unless you actually know or you have someone that you trust that can tell you exactly what's in it, you really don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why um, a few months ago I decided, you know what, I'm going to learn everything I can about insurance because I know there's a lot of people out there with policies that they think it's going to take care of things and it doesn't. They think it's going to be for a certain amount and they find out that it's not. They go to um, the funeral homes and they say, hey, you know, this is actually not what you have. You know, we see a lot of GoFundMes and things like that. We see a lot of um, just, you know, people that are trying to take care of other people's affairs because, you know, and it's not I don't like to shame people on it. You know, life insurance is of one course. of those uncomfortable 
it's an uncomfortable conversation to have to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to have the con- I didn't want to have the conversation with my parents about what if, you know, when something happens to you, what happens with, you know, everything else. And for parents that have kids, you know, it's, they never think of a day where they're, they're going to outlive their children. Right. Um, the reality is, is that stuff happens. And, um, you know, like we talked about before, there's two significant dates that we all have, our birth date and our death date. One is known, our birth date, but the other is unknown. It's the day that we're going to leave this earth. And just because it's unknown doesn't mean that we shouldn't be prepared for it. So um, I know you had asked me before at what age I think that people should start looking at getting life insurance. And it's, it's funny, but I'm going to say as soon as possible. And, and I know with my company, Primerica, we can actually insure people, our kids, as soon as they're two weeks old. Um, and that's important because, you know, there are children that develop terminal illnesses or diseases that require, um, you know, testing or or procedures that are outside the scope of what their health insurance covers. And so what does that parent do? How do they, how do they maneuver through taking care of, you know, that, that sick child, taking care of the household and the other kids and all of that stuff. So having an insurance policy um, as soon as possible is important for that reason. Um, the health insurance is expensive. Um, and then, you know, as you get older and if you start to develop these illnesses or, or diagnose with certain things, either you become uninsurable or it just becomes so costly that you can't afford it. Right. So, you know, and it's it's so unfortunate because, you know, this is a benefit out there for people. And it's because we don't have the conversation or we don't have trustworthy people that are coming to talk to us about it. Um, most people don't have it. Man. So you touched, so man, you said a mouthful right there, and I definitely want to unpack that. Um, so let me first start off by saying to you on behalf of We Win and, and just myself personally and my listeners and everyone, um, thank you for your service um, to our country for being a veteran. Anytime I have the opportunity to speak to whether it's a veteran or whether it's an active um, you know, service member, I always want to say thank you because you guys sacrifice and you do so much to keep us safe and to keep us. And I don't think that it always is recognized like that. I don't think that we always see it in that fashion. Um, but being in a family where I have quite a few veterans around me, um, I, I know the sacrifices that you guys make. So I, I want to say first and foremost, thank you for the service that you have um, given. 21 years is a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. And you being my cousin, I know when you went in, you know, not saying your age and not putting you out there, but we're the same age. So, yes, right. you've definitely served your time. Um, so thank you for that. And also thank you for sharing your why. I mean, it's a lot of us get into different business ventures um, for different reasons, but it means more to us when it affects us personally. I, I truly believe that. I know that even what I do, uh, my line of work, is because of things that has, I have been personally affected by, like the loss of my mother drives me to help other women. So um, I know that you're passionate about life insurance, and now listeners, we understand why she's passionate about life insurance because of um, the experience that she went through, you know, with the passing of her dad. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about, um, we talked about your why, um, you know, why you got into it and, and why insurance is so important. We even got into the age thing a bit because 
just to be honest, like you said, a lot of us don't have those conversations. We don't like to talk about death, for one thing. We don't like to talk about insurance. We don't think that we're going to um, ever have to, that we're ever going to go before our parents, which sometimes we do, because that, that date that we're going to leave this earth is unknown to us. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, it's just one of those things that never really get discussed or you get comfortable if you get a pretty decent job that offers you some type of life insurance benefit and you figure, well, that's enough, I'm covered. And so we're going to like really unpack because of course the entire reason for even having this conversation right here and right now um, is really in light of the situation that we're dealing with with COVID-19. Um, this is a crisis that we're in right now where this virus is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter if you are white or black, if you're male or female, we do know that African-Americans are, um, you know, being, uh, have more cases and that we are dying at a more rapid rate than any other race, of course. Um, but apart from that, um, whether you're young or old, whether you're male or female, whether you're a grandmother or, I mean, we've had cases as young as um, young children. Um, right. So this goes to show you that really our death date is unknown and we need to be prepared for it. I cannot emphasize enough. It's not about shaming anyone because to be quite honest, me personally, I was one of those people that said, well, hey, I got a good job and my, my job provides me with life insurance, so I'm covered, I'm good. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, I started having those conversations with you that I said, okay, I need to rethink this and I need to get some additional coverage in case something happens, in case I don't stay at my job or in case, you know, the job benefit changes on me or anything. I need to make sure that I'm covered. Um, so with that being said, we're going to jump right into some questions for you. And I'm going to kind of just let you navigate through this thing, and <laughs> get in deep because it's your, it's definitely your passion. So this is going to be the Tamika Klinscale show today. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to kind of just guide the question. So we okay. went into the first one. At what age would you say a person should start investing or should have life insurance coverage? And you said as early as two weeks. And, right. Um, can you just reiterate that point again for us as to why you feel like that's the um, why the younger the better? Well, for, for one thing, the younger you are, it's going to cost you less anyway. So when you have um, a two week old and you get them insured with certain, you know, depending on companies, some people should they insure them to 18, 21. Our company with Primerica actually insures kids until they're the age of 25. So you can have a life insurance policy. Um, it can go up to 25,000 on each child. It's one rate um, and you really can get that one policy for the whole family. So, you know, if you already had insurance in your spouse or whatever, and you have children, all you do is add another child to it and it doesn't change the cost of that plan. Um, and, you know, once that child's insurable, then they're guaranteed insurance. So even when they come to an age of 25 and they're taking over their own plan, it's still gonna be very inexpensive because they're still young and they've already been insured up until that point. So they won't have to go through, um, jump through hoops. So even if they had, even if they were diagnosed with a terminal illness, they, you know, God forbid, they're diagnosed with something at the age of eight. They are still insurable because they had already been insured up until that point. 
So that's really important. And then when we talk about, you know, healthcare expenses, and sometimes it goes beyond what we're insured for, um, we have, you know, there are different writers out there. Um, one is called an accelerated uh, death benefit kind of writer. So if you're diagnosed with something to where the procedures are going to cost too much or, you know, it's going to be a terminal thing, you can take up to 70% of that policy to help pay for those medications, to help pay for that treatment, to help pay for those those tests that need to be run that your insurance company is not going to pay for. Um, and that's a benefit that you have. So, you know, I had a life insurance since I was the age of 19. I had my own insurance. Um, and a lot of us, <laughs> I talked to my uncles and, and aunts and, you know, their policies were passed on to them from my grandmother. She had insurance policies on all of her kids. Um, what you have to be careful about is, you know, some of these life policies like, uh, actually, I'm not going to call any names out there, <laughs> but there are whole life policies out there that say, oh, it's for education or, hey, you know, put this money into this account for your child. And, you know, when they go to college or if you want to buy them a car or whatever, you can take out this money. It's actually a loan that you're taking out on your own money that you've invested over that entire time. And sometimes it's not even that significant. So, um, you know, but I always tell people having a policy is better than having nothing at all, even if it's a horrible policy. And I have seen some that are pretty bad. Um, it's better than having nothing. And so if you, if you get to like, I, like we said before, you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. You don't have to end up at that point. Right. But you should at least start somewhere. Right. If you can spare fifteen dollars a month. You may be able to get a 50,000, 75,000, you know, depending on your age and, and that kind of thing. You can start there and then increase your policy as your finances change, as your situation changes and all that kind of stuff. Or on the other hand, decrease the policy if you decide that you no longer need that amount anymore. But the important thing is to get started and have something in place because it's really, you know, I've heard people say, well, ain't nobody get rich off me. You know, I, they, I, they just need to bury me. But it, oh, my God, that is so selfish. Teaching people, it is not about you. You are gone at that point. Your life insurance policy is about the people that you are leaving behind. That's going to be your survivors after you are gone. You know, and if you're a single parent or if you have a spouse, how is that person going to supplement your income when you're not there anymore? Um, and, you know, you touched on the job insurance and I always tell people, you know, keep your job insurance because it's the cheapest insurance you're going to get because it's a group policy. Um, but that is a benefit while you're working there. So if you get laid off, if you're no longer, you switch jobs and, and that kind of thing, you're no longer insured. Mm -hmm. So that's the part where having, and, and you don't own that policy. You don't really get to decide where it's coming from, how, you know, what your payments are gonna be. It's kind of, you know, set out there for you. And then, you know, they may bring in other companies to, to, to take care of your family members. But they're separate policies when you can have one policy for one family and you end up paying so much cheaper um, that way as well, because each policy has its own fees with it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's very important. And I like I said, um, the earlier you get it is is better, but it's still always better to have something to have nothing. Yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's almost like when you think of it from a car insurance perspective, right? Like 
sometimes new drivers when they first start driving they might have to get that cut rate insurance they might have right. to get that american general insurance so yes whatever it is you know, <laughs> just to keep them rolling as you mature and as you as your you know as your bank account changes and as your financial situation changes then you know you want to get a a better insurance for your vehicle that's not just going to allow you um liability but it's going to give you that full coverage that's going to give right. you that towing that's going to give you that rental you know yes. so life insurance is pretty much the same way and and while we're on while we're on that place right there you know it's crazy to me that like we were speaking a lot of times guys we will insure our cars we will insure our of course we have to insure our homes because right that, and, and that's a point even right there you know you can't buy a house and not have life that you cannot have homeowners insurance you have to you have right. to have car insurance you will get a fine or even have your license suspended jailed whatever if you're driving without um auto insurance we have to have auto insurance we have to have homeowners insurance a lot of us be getting to these apartments and we are getting renters insurance so why do we feel like we should not have life insurance our life is the most uh important and invaluable part of who we are and so I know you mentioned that you know it's it's that almost that selfish mentality that we have. Well, I don't need it because it's not for me. Just I just need to have enough to get buried, or I just need to have mm-hmm. enough for my funeral. But when we start talking about wealth, and I know we're getting a little off topic here, but when we start talking about generational wealth, when we start talking about money being passed down from generation to generation, and when we start looking at some of these other nationalities and some of these other cultures. A lot of people are rich not because they worked for it, not because they earned it, but because it was passed down to them from previous generations after they passed away. They left something behind. So that's also something for us to think about. What are we leaving behind to our children and to our grandchildren and to our nieces and nephews and and whomever? Um funny enough, I watched the movie because I couldn't sleep last night called <laughs> Mississippi Damned. And it, it's a really, really good movie. It's a lot of powerhouse actors in it. I think it was like in a film festival or something, but I'm up watching this movie. And, you know, it's 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 really, um, it's, it's for the most part, it's a sad movie. Um, mm-hmm. But this young girl, it, it just kind of, um, you go through her experience from a young girl um up into womanhood and it's a very dysfunctional family it's a lot of stuff that happens within the family which i'm sure a lot of us could relate to but at the end of the day she had one aunt and this aunt um actually had gotten i think cancer or diabetes or something like that but the aunt worked on a plant for several years and then they ended up letting her go and they gave her a pension and so the aunt was getting ready to pass on and she left the pension to the niece because this niece needed extra money to go away to school and mm-hmm. she had no other way of getting this money but the grant but the aunt you know she was going to pay off her house and do this other stuff but she was like well you know forget about this house I'm about to die I don't have anyone else here or whatever so she ended up signing off her pension to her niece so that her niece could use it guys I'm telling you this because not because I want you to sign off your pensions but because I just want us to kind of understand the importance of leaving things behind um to our families we don't want to leave behind debt we don't want to leave behind how we're going to bury this person we want to leave behind a, a small fortune if possible or something so that they can start up a business or they or you know do something um with 
a lump sum that they might not have had otherwise. I know several other cultures that do this. So we, we got to get with it. If we want to start keeping wealth within our families and, and transferring wealth over to the ones that's coming behind us, life insurance is a great way for us to do that. So I'm sorry, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> no, you're good. That's absolutely right. And that's actually, you know, what I do is I look at myself as educating us about our finances. Like we need to get real about our financial situation and what we have and what we're going to leave behind because there's there's either two situations you're going to be in when it comes to this money either you're going to die too soon and you're going to have all this debt that someone's going to have to take care of on your behalf or you're going to live too long <laughs> and you're going to need retirement money you know that kind of stuff so um either way you know when i sit down with people i educate them on that and we talk about leaving wealth behind and not debt because you know i use myself an example um, I don't have any kids, but you know, I got like, like 15 nieces and nephews, which I love all of them. <laughs> um, but I take care of my mom, like she's my kid. And so because I have other investments, I have, you know, all these other homes and things like that. I have a policy that's $400,000. And, um, it's because I want all of those things to be paid off so that my mom is still continuing to get rental income every month. She's she's not going to need a job. She's not going to need anything. She's going to have that. In addition, I've already put into place where she's going to get like an additional thousand dollars for five years after I pass. You know, that kind of stuff is in there. My nieces and nephews will get, you know, money for, you know, just because. So those are the kind of, it has nothing to do with me. I'll be gone, but I want to take care of my mama and I want to take care of my nieces and nephews, you know, if something happened to me tomorrow. Now, with that said, this is a living document. Like I will be 76 when my policy is done because I have term. At 76 years old, I don't need $400,000. <laughs> That's when we reevaluate the situation because right. these same nieces and nephews are now, the youngest will be 35 because she's only 10 months right now. She'll be 35 years old and the oldest will be like 55. Those kids don't need Aunt Tamika to be supporting them at that age. I know, that's <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so, and you know, all of my real, my real estate investments will be paid off because I either have a 15 year or a 30 year mortgage. So now that's another debt. So what we know about life, this is the theory of decreasing responsibility. Mm. And this is why when we talk to people about whole life policies and they're like, oh my gosh, I need it my whole life. It's like, why? Mm. Because at the age of 80, why do you need so much money um, in your life, what kind of debts do you have? Now you can still have money to where you set aside to lead to people, but I don't. I know I don't need four hundred thousand dollars at the age of eighty years old. Right. Um, in our early years, you need a lot more coverage because you have young children, you have debts, you have mortgages, you have cars, you have all of you know student loans, healthcare, you know bills, and that kind of stuff in our early ages. And so having a life insurance policy that takes care of that if something happened tomorrow, because it could. Um, that's why you need to have life insurance. But then we start talking about when you invest that money as well. And that's why I say this is more of an education about finances. It's not just insurance, but you need to learn how to invest money into um, mutual funds and annuities and IRAs and things like that so that it, that interest rate builds cash for you. Because in your later years, you don't need as much money and you don't need as much insurance, but you have planned for that 30 years ago. So the things that you plan for today, it's gonna help you when you're 30 years down the road and you're like, you know what? 
I don't even need this job, really. <laughs> or I don't even need this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, it's the value of money, but we have to make those decisions now. Of course, earlier in life, when you make those decisions, it gets so much easier. But, you know, when we're in these, this, I have a lot of debt, it's hard to put money aside. But when you think about it, you know, even those people that left wealth to their children, they weren't rich when they started either. You know, if you only need $15 a month to pay into a policy that's going to give your kids $50,000 or $75,000, you only needed $15 a month to do that. Oh, say that again. Say that again. Say that again. And say it louder so they can hear you again. Because $15, most of us spend $15 on breakfast or on brunch on a good day. You know what I'm saying? Like, forget about brunch. We love to go to brunch on Sundays. Brunch is costing us anywhere from $25 to $50 because we want bottomless mimosas and we want all of this other stuff. And we're doing it every weekend. So, hey, just take one of those lunches or one of those takeouts for the week and put that money aside and put it into your insurance. Right. And that's and that's all it is. And you it's based on your budget. So if you're talking to someone that comes into your house and say, hey, you need to have this much of money or insurance, then they haven't customized it to what you actually need. And then after you find out what you need, it has to still scale back to what can you afford? And because like I said, you don't have to, you start where you start, but that's not where you have to finish. If you start at 15, I can only afford $15 a month and whatever that is that gets me is what it gets me, then that's what it is. But you know, you have uh, what we call increased rider benefits to where you can increase that every year. So you get to where you want to be. But like I said, the point is to start it and you need to start somewhere, especially if you have a family. Okay, so one question. I want to ask you that before I forget, because it's not on my (laughs) list, but you made a good. I know you said it's a living document. I know you said that Mm -hmm. you can start where we are and we can always increase it. Now, for those who may, let's say they were healthy when they first got the policy. I think you kind of touched on this, but I just want to make sure that okay when i when i first got this policy i could only afford 15 dollars a month so i got that um mm-hmm. as time goes on I, and you know my finance my financial situation changes i can now increase my policy but now right. i have a condition now i have cancer or now i have diabetes mm-hmm. or now i have something does that prevent me from increasing my policy it does not because your increase starts from when you actually initiated your um, insurance policy. So say you're 30 years old and you initiate your policy and you still want to increase it, you can increase it 10% every year. Um, So you want to increase it, you're 37 years old, um, you're diagnosed with something or whatever, um, you're already insurable. So you've been insured up until that point. So there's no medical exams and stuff that you're going to have to go through in order to be able to increase that. Okay. And so while we're in this area, I want us to stay in the same line of thinking. I would like for you to just kind of go through because many of us like myself, uh, we don't know all of the jargon or the lingo or even just, (laughs) you know, the talks about, you know, different types of policies, what's whole versus term, what's so could you just kind of go in and explain some of the important bullet points um of life insurance policies that we need to know or that we need to pay attention to when we're looking into purchasing policies oh yes this is (laughs) this is and i know um, it's going to be a lot so we won't touch into all of them because if they want you they're going to have to come find you and they're going to have to you're going to have to work that out 
Right. So there's two different types of policies. There's whole life and there's term. And when I go into talk to people, especially my family members, whole life is the best policy and all that. I don't like to get into debates about which one is the better policy. I have my thoughts on it, but I like to provide the facts. And here it is. So whole life, sometimes you may hear it called universal life, uh, permanent life, variable life, um, a whole bunch of different things. If it has any kind of cash value to it, it is considered a whole life policy. Whole life policies, you're going to pay more for because of the cash value part. So um, example, if you have a policy and it's $70 a month, 35 of it goes into your death benefit and 35 goes into this cash value. But what happens is I tell people they need to, you know, when I'm talking to someone and they have whole life, I like for them to pull it out. So we cannot be, I don't like to be generalized about your insurance policy if you have that. Show me what you have on paper and I will explain what every single thing means so that you have an understanding of it. Because, you know, insurance companies, they send you your, those documents, but it's 50, 60 pages long and they know no one's really going to read it. But I guarantee you, every single thing that's in there is in there for a reason. It's in black and white. You can't fight it. You can't dispute it. Okay. So I tell people to look at the table and look at what your interest rate is because that cash value, even though they say it's a savings account and you can take it out, it's a loan. You are taking out a loan on your own money, which is absurd because if you went to Wells Fargo and it was like, yeah, you just deposited 500, but if you're going to take 200 out, we're going to have to charge you and you're going to have to pay it back. Like we would immediately cancel that relationship. <laughs> yeah. um, so with this account, it is a loan and they can charge you up to 8%. So when you, when you think about it, when you think about a savings account, savings accounts, maybe if you can get even close to 1% on it. So if you're getting maybe 1% on the interest, the money that you're putting in there, but they're going to charge you 8% if you take it out, you are already upside down. Like Think about that. You got, they're giving you less than 1%, but they're going to charge you 8% to use it. <laughs> so I'm paying, so I'm paying for something every month. And then mm -hmm. if I need to borrow against it, borrow my own money, you're charging right. me <laughs> yeah, at a yeah. higher percentage. So what is the point of me putting into a savings account that you're going to charge me to withdraw from? Exactly. That's why we don't even sell that kind of insurance. We actually do term. And, and our thing is, is you buy term and you invest the rest. So that same $70, you know, you would pay half of that for your for a term policy and so if you have $70 that you can spare we would say okay we'll pay the $30 for your insurance and you're it's, it's probably going to double whatever face amount it is as well so use that other $40 and invest it into a mutual fund or IRA or something that's going to give you 6% or you know 9% mutual fund or something like that so that you're actually getting that money and it's a retirement fund and it's separate. It has nothing to do with your death benefit. And that's the important part that people need to know about whole life policies is that they're tied together. If you use one, it affects the other, which you know you wouldn't want to do that because if you take a loan out on your cash value and you may see hear people say, um, I borrowed against my insurance policy, that's what it means. They took out a loan that they're having to pay back. But if they don't pay it back, it comes out of that death benefit. So if that death benefit was 100,000 and it took out five, now your beneficiaries are only gonna get 95,000 instead of the 100,000. 
The other thing, say there's an emergency comes up, or let's say these policies that say, oh yeah, you can go buy, you know, pay for your education, take the money out and do that. If you had $5,000 in that policy and you took out that whole $5,000, you no longer have a life insurance policy. It cancels it out. They call it surrendering your policy. So you will hear sometimes, you know, a lot of times people will know, oh no, this family member, I know they had life insurance. They were paying on it every month. They did this, they did that. And then something happens to them. They take it to the funeral home. And then it's, that's when they find out that they actually don't have one because the person may have borrowed against it, or they have may have taken it all out, which means that they no longer have a single dollar of insurance. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. And, and we've already and, talked about how we already don't have those conversations. So right. you'll think that, you know, Big Mama's covered. And then when you right. go to bury Big Mama, you find out, well, Big Mama took a loan against that policy. So we don't have enough money to bury her. And I'm exactly. sure that happens so often, more often than we can even think about. It does. And the other thing is, even with, you know, say that person never touched that money at all, never touched a penny of it. If when something happens to them, they pass, their beneficiaries still don't get that money. That money goes back to the insurance company because insurance companies pay death benefits. Now, they do have an option. They have option A and option B, which should already be an indicator of why do I need why is there an option on if I get my money? Right. You know what I mean? So option A, you may not get your money at all. Option B is you can get your money, but you're going to have to pay another additional amount to get your money. Wow. So if you taxing yeah. me on the money that I already didn't. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm telling you. So I ask people, I'm like, so you want a policy that if you put money into a savings account, if you touch it or do anything with it, you're going to be penalized. Is that what you want? And a lot of times they're like, no, get me out of this. And so that's when I start talking to them about what term insurance, which is really, it's, a, it's an amount of time. You can do five years, 35 years. Um, I always try to take, you know, individuals out to the longest time. Like mine is for 35 years because I know in 35 years, I don't need the same amount or anything that I need now. Um, it's only insurance. It has nothing to do with the savings account. However, like I said, we encourage people because we do have investment portfolios to invest it in a separate account so that if something happens to you and you have a policy, it's worth a hundred thousand, your family gets that hundred thousand plus whatever you've been investing. If you have another 80,000 that you invested in a, a separate fund, they get that as well. So they get both of that instead of getting one or the other, like with the other policy. Okay. So yeah, so it's, and it's cheaper. I was going to say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like, it sounds yeah. like <laughs> it's, it's not in our best interest to um, a, a, attain life insurance policies that have a savings account connected to it. Because one, if we ever need to borrow against it, it does affect our policy. Two, it's more expensive. Three, after we're gone, our family members may not even be able to get that savings because life insurance pays death benefits. They do not pay out savings accounts. Am I following you correctly? This is facts. Yes, ma'am. And that's why I say, you know, I'm not going to debate you on it. I'm going to show you what you have and tell you what you can expect. And then from there, and there's so many other things with it too, when we start talking about paid up, but those are things that I would talk to a person as I'm looking at their policy or, you know, they're telling me because, you know, they also have policies that increase every five years. 
And so every five years, it's going to increase to the point where that person can no longer afford that insurance policy. They'll have to let it lapse. They'll have to let it go. But you've been paying on it for so long, you know. And so um, and there's policies that your monthly payment can go up at any point and the value of your insurance policy can go down at any point. They're called adjustable and flexible. That's, those what, I, that's, what, I was, that's what I was getting ready to hit on. What are those red flags we need to be aware of? Oh, so yeah. Adjustable, flexible. All right. Let's oh, yeah. yeah. That means that they is exactly what it says. They can adjust and they can flex it and, you know, Typically, which way do you think it's going to go? Is it going to be for your benefit or is it going to be for the insurance company's benefit? You know, you know, it really depends. And so, you know, then there's variable. Like we don't want, we don't even want our mortgage to say that it can change. I don't like those words. I don't like those words. I like fixed. I like words that don't move. I like stationary, (laughs) immobile. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's what we all want. So. But, you know, it, it just depends on where people are and, and what they really want. And so if someone wants a whole life policy, then a, a, a policy is better than no policy. That's still my stance. Keep your whole life is better than nothing. <laughs> gotcha. Man, we are really getting into this. And it sounds like we might have to bring you back for a financial literacy class as well, because... <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, I'm working on my securities license as well, because, you know, ideally you want your money to work for you. Like you can still have your job, having multiple streams of income, but, you know, you want to wake up knowing that your money is is going to be um, making money while you sleep. Doubling. <laughs> right. And, and, and we teach, you know, as part of my when I talk to people, I talk about the. Um, the rule of 72. I teach people when their money will double for them, like at what interest rate and how many years before you make that that $10,000 become $20,000, you know, stuff like that. So it's, um, yeah, I, and I, I love educating people because finances is, is, it's one reason that people commit suicide. It's one people have, you know, legal issues. It stresses people out. It's, it's a big deal. And especially in times like this, when people aren't really sure about how their next dollar is going to come and all that kind of stuff, knowing that you have a way to, you know, make sure that your money is going to be working for you, even when you can't work is important as well. Wow. It just makes so much sense. I mean, that's why I think, you know, we have so many issues within our own communities. And, you know, a lot of times, and I'm not blaming it on that, but a lot of times, while well, we cannot get ahead because we just don't have the the education. We don't have the information and we don't really know. So all of this time we're out here just working, working, working. We're worker bees and mm-hmm. we're not really understanding how money really works. And, and I mean, that is just the most underrated conversations that people are not willing to have we have to understand and get to a point where we start allowing our money to work for us instead of us always working for the money (laughs) and that's something that i'm still even learning at 40 years old is trying to learn how to make my money work for me yeah and it's nothing to be embarrassed about because they don't teach us this in high school I mean, I have a master's degree in business business administration. They didn't teach us that either. Right. You know, this is just not something that is taught to this level to where it's like broken down to like, it's really simple. 
It's simple planning. And you know, people don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a that's plan in itself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you got to get your mind right for it too and be like, okay, we gonna sit down and have this real conversation about where we are and where we want to be. Because, you know, a lot of goals and dreams are diminished because of financial situations. And, you know, you have things you want to do and then you become very comfortable with knowing that you, you're just not going to get there. And it's like, well, did you give up on your dream? Did you give up on your goals? And it's like, that's, you, it, you it can't became, see your way out. It, right. They saw it as becoming inattainable for them. Like, I'm exactly. never going to get there. I'm in, I'm, I'm in too much debt. This is not going to happen. Right. And so um, so while we're there, two things. Um, one, when a, when a person says to you, well, because I want to get into the will side of it, too. I, I, mm. I don't, I don't want to take up too much time on that. But um, while we're sitting here talking about it, one thing that I found very strange um, was that when Kobe Bryant passed away, they said that he didn't have a will. Mm. And I was like, wow, like a man of his wealth and, and worth and, and with everything that he had, I don't know if maybe it was an age thing. Maybe he felt like right. I'm only 41. I don't need a will right now. Um Cause surely it's not about, he, he knew all of that. He knew what he was worth. He knew everything that he had. Um, mm-hmm. But for many of us, we're walking around at 35, 40, maybe even 25. Um, right. And I know with millennials now, because millennials are killing the game right now. Millennials out here making six figures. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, you know what I'm saying? They are accumulating a lot of worth. I mean, a lot of wealth and they're taking trips and you know, they're, they're living a the life right now. And I'm not mad at them. <laughs> um, <laughs> However, you know, I wonder if they are, you know, being financially responsible um, and we know that they're high risk takers, but let's talk about wills, like the importance of having a will or someone that might say, well, I don't really have a lot of assets. I don't own anything. I don't really need a will or when do I need to write a will or or where do I go to write a will? Um, Do you guys do that as well? Um, Is that kind of part of the process with the insurance stuff? Um, so when we talk about the insurance, we talk about your beneficiaries and then you establish who is going to receive what and what percentage of the, the insurance money. Um, Primerica does have, um, you know, legal advisors who can actually take care of, you know, wills and things like that. They do have, you know, apps on or places online you can do that. Um, attorneys can do it. When you're thinking about a will and, and what you have, you know, to people to say that they don't have anything, I will say, well, do you have a checking or savings account? Because if you do, then that money has to go to somewhere unless you want the state to decide who it goes to. So, you know, those are things that people don't think about either. Um, also, like, you know, when we talk about property and assets, we think about houses and cars and the big things. But, you know, like we were talking about yesterday, you have a gang of handbags, right? <laughs> you have you have some shoes, you got some watches, you got, listen, we've been seeing your Tiffany things online. <laughs> so we know you got some some things that people are going to fight over. So if there is any thought in your mind that is something that family members may fight over or people are going to want, you really need to get that written down so that you don't, so that that family, you know, that turmoil doesn't happen after you're gone because, you know, people are going to feel entitled to assets. Oh, yeah. And, and, and as that, big or small as they are. <laughs> it don't matter how big it is. If you got $10 in your checking account, somebody is going to want to know who right. is getting it. 
And somebody's gonna be like, she owed me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All of a sudden, you know, owed everybody in the sun and they want their money, you know? So it's like, you know, you really have to consider that too. Um, and if you're, uh, if you have minor kids, who's going to be the guardian of your kids, you may not feel like you have assets, but if you have kids and they're under the age of 18, who's going to take care of them and who's going to help take care of their property? Who's going to manage that for them? So, um, or grandchildren. So you really want to, um, you know, consider that and really with creating a will, all you need to know is you need to sit down, list out, you know, what your assets are. Um, who's going to inherit what, be specific as possible so that you alleviate that family tension. Um, who's going to execute it for you? Who's going to be the person that's going to execute your wishes for you to make sure that, you know, it's handled the way that you want it to be done. Um, and then again, the minor children, the guardians and all that kind of stuff. That is so uh, important. So important. A big thing. This is a living document as well. You want to make sure that thing stays updated. So when you do, like Kobe Bryant had a baby, and I think I don't think that child was on, you know, whatever the estate stuff was, and so his wife had to add her. But you know, when you have a child, if you get married, um, you know, even loss of a family member, you know, I had to adjust my stuff because my mom and dad were always the ones getting things for me, and I right. had to take my remove my father so that it's just my mom. Um, but a big thing people need to, if you get a divorce, mm. you need to make sure that stuff gets updated. Everything I'm talking about your insurance policies, your wills, oh, if you yeah. have advanced directives, because the last thing you want is, is that, that ex, ex right. coming in. That is, that is strange spell. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And think about if you got remarried and your new wife or oh, a new husband ugly. isn't on there, but the ex still is. That could definitely be Oh my gosh. Like that's the kind of stuff that, you know, we have to remember as things, significant events happen in our lives. We have to make sure that we're making sure that as doc, in, anything that has documents like that are updated as well, because that is all they go off is that legal document. So mm -hmm. yes, yes. It's um, yeah. I mean, it's it seems like a lot, but it's even advanced directives. Like if you're incapacitated, you're in a hospital. You know, you're that person is on a ventilator or whatever. Who is the person that's going to make those decisions for you? Yes. I mean, these are all conversations that if you just have it one time with your family and y'all have it and everyone knows what what the plan is it's not something you have to continuously talk about but right. you need to talk about it it needs to happen absolutely absolutely um i want to thank you so much for your time today um if you could leave us with some thoughts i would like to know because of course this series is about our new normal um in the brink of this COVID 19 crisis that we're dealing with um and what have we learned um, while we've been in this space. So if you can just kind of share some thoughts with us on what you've learned um, from what's been happening um, and maybe shed some sort of, you know, I don't know, inspiration, or if you want to just share some thoughts with people out there um, about, you know, what you've learned and what you're taking for, from this and how you're moving forward. Um, definitely. So, you know, with this virus, like you said, there's no age, gender, there's no specifics to who's getting it, who's dying from it. Um, it changes every day. The symptoms changes every day. What we can and should and shouldn't do changes every day. But what we do know is that people are actually dying from this thing. Um, and it's, it's, 
a very serious situation to where, you know, it's almost put, it's put us in a recession type environment. So um, what we can do is make sure that we are taking care of our family. We're taking care of the people that um, we care about by making sure that we have, you know, our life insurance together, things like that. You know, we're seeing where there's so much controversy on, you know, is it, is it a man-made thing? Like, is it really something else? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, paying attention to the fact that we're coding everything as COVID-19 as well, you know, within the, the medical institution. I mean, it's a business, um, but everything is being coded that way. So it makes me wonder, like, how is it going to affect insurance down the line? Like, how is it up to now? I know with our company, it hasn't had played any major factor, like rates haven't raised just because of it or things like that. But, um, don't be surprised if that starts to become a question like were you ever tested for COVID-19 did you were you positive you know things like that could you know start to affect things so I'd say while people are kind of still trying to figure it out now is the time to make sure that you know you're protecting yourself protecting your family um, paying attention to the verbiage and language that's being used with it um just because, I mean, we don't know where it's at right now, but I think we'll, once things get figured out, it, it may be to where it's not as beneficial for us <laughs> as it mm -hmm. is for, for businesses, mm -hmm. I mean, the individual. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I love, like I said, I love talking about insurance. I love the education piece of it, but it's not just insurance. It's about the financial freedom um, it's about, you know, being financially independent. Um, it's just another avenue to, to kind of make sure that you're, like we said, we want to leave wealth and not debt to our families. And there is a way to do it. That's, it's not impossible, but you got to have the conversation and be willing to have the conversations. All right. Well, thank you for that. Um, if you could just give our listeners a way of contacting you if you're open to discussing or talking or if someone wants to get insurance um i know that you know this is um this podcast is streamed everywhere so she might not be able to sell you insurance depending on where you are but she may if not if she can't sell it to you she might even be able to help you refer you or something like that so um, if you don't mind sharing i guess if you have website or contact information that you would like to share with the listeners Yes. So um, for all your listeners, if they are actually on your Facebook page, I am on there. Um, Tamika Clean Scales. It's a long name. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but that's T-E-M-E-K-I-A. My last name is Clean Scales. C-L-I-N-K-S-C-A-L-E-S. -E um, you can reach me by cell. That number is 704 412-8570 um, and my email is really just my first name dot last name at gmail.com so I mean even even if you want me to just look at your policy or explain what your policy is to you now I don't go to people homes right now with social distancing we definitely practice that up in here um, <laughs> but I do have zoom and we can do conference calls and you can send me what your policy is. I may ask for certain pages to kind of explain what it is for you line by line because everything on that policy means something. And so I do not mind doing that kind of stuff. It's all about education. 
Um, That's my primary reason for doing it. So um, I definitely don't mind like walking you through it. And like I said, if there's someone I know, because Primerica is nationwide, it's in Canada, it's in Guam, Puerto Rico. So if I know someone that can help you in that state, I will definitely link you up with that person. All right. Sounds good. So ladies, listeners, um, everyone who is tuned in, um, this is my cousin. She is awesome. (laughs) She's very educated. As you all can see, she's not just, you know, she's not just one of these um, door-to-door insurance salesmen. She knows (laughs) what she's talking about. She has given you guys some in-depth information and that's only the tip of the iceberg. And I know this because she and I have had some in-depth conversations about insurance. Um, and also, I'll, I know that if you if you are interested in joining Primerica or becoming an insurance agent, then there's opportunities to do that as well, correct? Absolutely. Um, we, it's, it's so crazy. I think we added over like, uh, I don't even want to say the number because it's been big. But um, there's a lot of people that have joined the team, especially with everything that's going on, just for additional stream of income. You work your own hours. It's your own business. Um, And so it's right now they've actually extended it uh, this month. It's like forty nine dollars for an independent business application that you do. And then it's twenty five dollars for the website that you get put onto. But the compensation plan is um, it's, it's remarkable. And like I said, the biggest thing is you are actually helping people. You're not hurting anyone with helping people get, you know, financially independent and financially sound with their with their finances. So for me, that's the bigger part of it is the education. But it doesn't hurt that educating people actually, you know, is still another stream of income. And it's something like if anyone can explain what I just explained, you can work here. And what I explained <laughs> is not rocket science, you know what I mean? So it's like, you can do this. Not only that, but you're trained phenomenally. Um, there's so many different um, companies that Primerica um, uh, partners with. And we talk about 401ks, annuities, um, mortgage, um, home and protection, auto protection, Um, I mean, it's everything under the sun. It's like a financial powerhouse. So there are several ways to earn income through the company. And you just have to, you know, give it a shot. If you have the time, we're going to make it work for you. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Tamika, thank you again so much for being on the show. We definitely will have you back. And um, um, my my gears are already turning and spinning on how I can get you down here for um, a financial literacy seminar. So um, I'd love to. It, there's definitely more to come. But thank you for blessing our podcast today um, with all of this information. And I, I pray that it really helps someone out there. Um, definitely information and knowledge is key in its power. So now it's up to you as to what you're going to do with it. Um, but thank you all for tuning in thank you all for listening and we will catch you back here next week at We Win Presents The Winner Circle have an awesome day